Look at all these women around here. They're all dogs. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's August 27th, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation audio publication, episode 125. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from the 17th century Canal House Crackpot Command Center in Amsterdam, Gitmo Nation East, where the mark of the beast is official as of today. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where a heat wave is afoot, I'm John C. Dvorak. They finally uh, made it official, John. The uh, the chip that people will carry everywhere is now official in the Netherlands. They've uh, you can no longer use public transport without the uh, without the chip card. Without the chip card, yes, the RFID. Uh, they call it the. I forget what they call it. Well, when but are they going to put the chip in the people? <laughs> they're getting there. They're actually, there was this, uh, oh, it's funny. I was listening to this on the radio. Um, they had, there was a big dance party on the beach uh, over the weekend, and it got out of hand, and the cops um, were surrounded by the public, and then the cops started shooting. and uh, Shooting? Yeah, shooting. And, and Shooting? Yes, like with their firearms. Uh, yeah, and um, so one kid died uh, of a shot wound, and six others were uh, wounded, of which one other seriously. And so immediately the word came out, well, you know, it is it is possible that he was killed by a police bullet, i.e., you know, yeah, <laughs> they're, getting ready, they're getting ready for the evidence to come out. And uh, so the mayor of, I think it's Rotterdam, actually, is uh, has come out and said, okay, that's it, we've got to ban all parties, no more parties ever again. <laughs> And uh, and so I was listening to the radio this morning. Uh, Mickey and I were driving in the car down to the south of Holland for some business, and there was this whole discussion where the right wing um, uh, political party is saying, "Well, you know what we could do? We could still do parties, but why don't we put a chip into the people who uh, have been troublemakers in the past, and we can identify them?" <laughs> like they're really seriously discussing this shit. <laughs> put oh, a chip brother. in the in the troublemakers. So anyway, so the. Uh, the uh, the managing director of this whole you know wait 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 you know if you put a chip in the troublemakers, only the troublemakers will have chips. No, the, I think it'd be kind of interesting because the troublemakers can then group up with the, with each other by having a scanner and then finding other troublemakers. Yeah, exactly. I, and I need to find gangs, gangs of troublemakers. Exactly. We need to find each other. It's going to be very easy. So the uh, managing director of the of this, you know, this whole big system. They've had a campaign going on for a long time. Like the only way you'll be able to travel in uh, with, with public transport is with this RFID card, um, and uh, everyone's got to use it starting August twenty seventh. And so this guy is, uh, of course, you know, the managing director. He's the first one to to use it, right? You know, it's like, oh, look, here it is, and he gets stuck in the uh, in the turnstile. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. Oh, <laughs> brother. Funny. That's a real PR nightmare if, if you're trying to make this thing. He couldn't go forwards or backwards. He's stuck Sounds in the Sounds like the side. Keystone cops are running uh, the place. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. So mm. what is the, what is the tourist supposed to do? Uh, well, it, well, you, you, I get. I think the way it works is probably the same as the Oyster card in the UK, where you you buy the empty card, or maybe you buy it with you know with like one or two bucks on it, and then you can top it up. Uh, but of course, what they really want is they want you to to buy one um, that is associated with you. In fact, they also announced today that kids can buy uh, meals at school with their uh, 
with their RFID card. So it's it, the process is is already well underway here in Gitmo Nation. What is East. the point? What are they What are they afraid of? I mean, why are they chipping people? It makes no sense. <laughs> what do you mean? Why? So they can track you, of course. What do you mean? Why? Are what, they... what do they expect to get out of it? It's handy. It's handy. Because it's handy. Why are we doing this? It's, it's handy. handy. Yeah, it makes it, you have to do less work. It is. It's really handy. But think about it. They're putting kids' lunch money onto these cards. So if you're a bad kid, no lunch for you. <laughs> bad kid. How many bad kids? Well, I guess no there's a bunch of drunks over there. How many genuinely bad kids are there? Yeah. Well, there's, uh, you know. It's uh, this country is pretty. There's a fantastic book that I I saw advertised and I bought it. Um, I I love this. Written by a I think like a 72 year old artist. She's a painter, Ina Fein, and uh, the book is called Mort Namens de Krone, uh, which roughly translates to uh, murder in. Uh, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, mur- mur- murder by order of the crown. And it's about Pim Fortin, the um, politician who was all set to win the elections in, I think, 2002 it was. Maybe, no, 2000, 2001. Um, remember the, you know, that everyone called him the the Dutch uh, Le Pen and everyone was really freaking out. Of course, the whole country was behind the guy and he actually won, his party won posthumously. But he was assassinated outside of a radio studio and right. so, and she got a hold of a report uh, from the uh, the Dutch version of the either you know, I guess kind of like the FBI, the Binnenlandsveiligheidsdienst, maybe you call it CIA. Um, and in it, it talks of a second shooter, and apparently <laughs> there were there were there were like five bullets in his uh, in his in his head. Uh, two of which came were different caliber and uh, from a and different. It, so weapon. they went for a headshot because they yep. couldn't take a chance. He was wearing a bulletproof vest. Yep, they went for the headshot, two to the head. And uh, so I'm very excited. You know, there's well, oh, there's there's some of me, some crackpots here in Holland. I love it. Yeah, I'm sure there's more than a few. <laughs> but um, it, w- it it wouldn't surprise me. I'll tell you that that guy was uh, he was he was going to sweep the people were freaking out he was going to sweep the elections and he did you know, of course the party fell apart because you know they, without their leader they were all screwed up yeah that's typical yeah which was uh, which was a shame but uh, you know and people say oh that's just crazy i said well it's it's based upon a report from the from the it's Dutch. crazy that's, that's just, crazy talk <laughs> that's just crazy so of course uh, uh, although I'm not in the United States right now, I can only surmise that the news is all about the death of uh, uh, Teddy Kennedy. Over the last couple of days, yeah, it's been like, uh, in fact, my wife was irked uh, the other day. CBS in particular is all over this, and for some reason you have to kind of figure out what CBS, CBS being a very much in the Obama camp. Yeah. Uh, they. Uh, oh, I, mean, I can tell Kennedy you why. Died, I, I'll tell you why in a minute. But well, tell me why now, because it's it'll be a good backstory. Well, because um, the news. Viacom. Well, so it's well, it's very convenient, of course, and, and unfortunate. You know, the guy died of brain cancer, um, and of course, he was a uh, you know he's the last of the uh, of uh, what we call royalty, I guess, in the United States. 
but very convenient for him to die on the very same day that the news comes out that the deficit will rise by two trillion more than expected. Uh, of course, a lot of that is uh, is the proposed uh, health care reform. Um, unemployment is going to blast through the uh, double digits. We're going to go through 10%. You know, all of this horrible, horrible economic news, and that is completely snowed under by, you know, Teddy Kennedy. Yeah, he could have been dead for days for all we know. <laughs> Keep it quiet. We got <laughs> He's too early, damn it. We got to wait until we have to release the numbers. Because you're not reading <laughs> anything about the numbers, obviously. You're not hearing anything about, about, about that. I can just guess. Yeah, no, it's all it's, it's wall to wall. This is the Michael Jackson too. Yeah, and so <laughs> without the uh, dancing, without, right, Michael, <laughs> right? Uh, so, but anyway, so uh, there, uh, my we there's a new show that we like, a new drama that we like to watch, which because it just has a great character called The Mentalist. Oh, and is so this? They, t- t- how, what's the premise of this? The premise is this guy is a uh, magician who's also good at reading people and uh, and and can feign reading your mind kind of thing. And he's a he's an he's an consul- a consultant with the police department, uh, the California Bureau of Investigation, actually. And they, he goes from case to case and kind of figures out who did it. And it's actually very entertaining. It's very well done, and it's, it's the structure is nice and it's paced well. So it's one of the shows we're now. The family is watching. So there was a rerun. My daughter didn't get to see, so they're showing the thing. And right in the middle of it, unlike every other network, which just had a scroll, a, you know, a, a crawler a crawl. at the bottom, they interrupted the show and went on for 15 minutes. <laughs> God, are they out of their mind? They interrupted well, the I mean, show? The family was watching, darn it. Well, that is absolutely the, the fact. I mean, why are they interrupting the show? Because this was, I mean, if it was if it was Schwarzenegger or something local, or that's actually, there was a Washington, but if it was something local. But I had to tell anybody this, maybe they don't know, but Ted Kennedy was a senator from Massachusetts. And, and, and he got handed that senatorship, didn't he? He wasn't actually elected, I think. Uh, his first time around, I'm not sure. I yeah, think no, that, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the handoff deal. Which, well, whatever uh, which the case do. was, he was reelected a lot. But anyway, but it's 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 really it's it is national news at one level, but not you know World War Three. Yeah. And uh, so no, in anyway, fact, so World War Three is going. The point is, my daughter didn't get to see the episode. Darn it! <laughs> because of Viacom's corruption. Hey, hey, Ron. <laughs> Viacom's corruption. Yeah. Uh, does your daughter know that uh, she'll be paying for uh, for your death squad? Death panel. Death panel. I'm sorry. <laughs> death no, no squad. I, I meant death squad. Death actually, squad. <laughs> is she aware of that at least, or do you not yeah, talk about that at home? She even listens to this show. So um, ten trillion dollars. That's what. That's what it's. Uh, that's what the oversight management board is saying. Ten trillion dollars. Yeah, it adds up. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. <laughs> You know, it's like, how egotistical are we as human beings that we're willing to save our ass now and have our great-grandchildren t- take the rap? You know, it's just, how egotistical are we? I mean, when will someone just stand up and say, you know what, fuck that shit. We need to change it for the better. I'm going to sacrifice myself right now. There you go. I'll sacrifice myself. I'll take, I'll take, the, I'll take no health care so that my grandchildren can have it. Oh, Jesus. Right in the middle of that. John gets blown out of the water. Hey, man. That's one. Yeah. Let me see if I can... Uh, I already have... I know what the cut-in is. Well, hold on a second. We may not have to cut in. Maybe uh, you're oh. still up. Hold on. That's kind of weird. Say something. 
Testing one, two, three. Yeah, you're still on. Cool. Yeah, if you call back, then it works, apparently. Oh, okay. Where did you lose me? I was saying that we need to sacrifice ourselves for the, for the good of our grandchildren. Yeah, I said something along the lines of that's the way it's always been. I mean, this, is, this has been forever. So, I mean, they're just, you know, there's, they're, we cheat the system somehow. I never really. Yeah, by printing more money and we're going to run out. Well, it, it's over. No, no, we're not going to run out of paper. That's the point. So, <laughs> well, they're uh, shutting, by the way, Finland is shutting down the paper plants. What are you talking about? We are actually, we are we, running out of paper. In fact, paper get, may become as valuable as gold one of these days. It is. So why don't we, uh, before we get off the Kennedy thing, I want you to play the Kennedy clip that I have. Mm. Now, sure. this is, what's the name of the clip? Um, the name of the clip is Kennedy NPR Special. Yeah, they did a special on the Kennedy clan, and you know, mostly oh, it was the one of many mostly about Joe, Joe Kennedy, and the, and the basic the fact that he's a mobster, and you know, only well, he made all his money during Prohibition, right, running bootleg liquor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's well connected, and so the whole thing is about all these kind of cro- crooked deals. But the one, and of course, you know, they—I mean, if Ted Kennedy is lionized, you know, you don't—I mean, he doesn't he doesn't hold a candle to John Kennedy? And then, so there's this. So I'm going to play. Well, wait, was it was here. it supposed to be Joe? Ken- no, uh, what was the? Uh, Joe Kennedy Jr. was going to be, but he, he got was going to be president. Too. He got yeah, he got killed in the war. He was supposed to be the the the, the main. Isn't it amazing how three nay four kids from one uh, from one family were all you know either slated to be president or you know yeah. I mean how does that work? That can only mean that there's some kind of corruption going on. Yeah, well here play this clip and that this is Tip O'Neill by the way. This is the 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 narrator followed by uh, and in the middle there's Tip O'Neill laughingly who used to be the speaker of the house laughingly talking about the kind of how they basically bribed their way into getting Kennedy elected. Play it. Kennedy carried Wisconsin, but he did lose key Protestant districts. And the next contest was in an overwhelmingly Protestant state. West Virginia. To win there, Kennedy would have to confront the religious issue at every public appearance. Senator Kennedy, how can we stop the religious issues that keep coming up to confuse the public? What, Ron John, what were those religious issues uh, with the Protestants at the time? <clears throat> Kennedy is the first first Catholic uh, president, and there were there were always the Protestants in the United States historically was skeptical of Rome and specifically the Pope, and uh, they always felt that if a Catholic president was elected, he would just take orders from the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the dude in that cool car, huh? <laughs> exactly. Excellent. I must say that uh, we shouldn't uh, boo because it's a. Uh, I am running for the uh, presidency, which is a powerful office, given great power under the Constitution, and it is a matter of concern to a good many people. And the best way to get it answered, it seems to me, is to ask the question openly. West Virginia was not only Protestant; it was notoriously corrupt. Once again, the Kennedys left nothing to chance. I tell the story about Eddie Ford. Eddie Ford went out there, pocket full of money. This is uh, Tip O'Neill. Yeah. He'd see a sheriff and he'd say to the sheriff, Sheriff, I'm from Chicago. I'm on my way south. I love this young Kennedy boy. He can help this nation. I got, he's got the feeling for it. You know, he, <laughs> he'll do things for West Virginia. I'll tell you what he said. Here's 3,000 or here's 5,000. He said, you carry your village for him or your, your county for him. 
And I'll give you a little reward on when I'm on my way back. Wow. FBI wiretaps would later show that underworld figures said to have old ties to Joe Kennedy were also distributing funds on behalf of the Kennedy campaign. Kennedy won West Virginia and all of the primaries. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's what Mayor Daley did for Obama. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> and uh <There's> that. <laughs> it's like, you know, but it's funny that, you know, they're, they're it's just rife with the whole system is rife with this sort of no, what's fun, what's, Everybody what's, loves Jack Kennedy. No, what's you know? funny is what what's funny is if there's only one small discrepancy or if there's, you know, what anything goes wrong with the voting on American Idol, the country is up in arms. We are pissed <laughs> off to no end because it should have been the other dude with the hair who won. And, right. But when it comes to, oh, it, I'm sure you've heard the voting machines. Uh, I'm, you probably blogged it that uh, a couple of guys proved that it's very easy to, or relatively easy to, change the votes in the voting machines that are used in many districts in the U.S. I mean, this whole vo- this whole voting machine thing is it's, it's rigged. The whole thing is rigged. Yeah, it makes it easier. I think you're right. I think a lot of this has to do with just ease. Yeah. Making things easier. By the way, you know, there was a movie, and I, the, the, the listeners maybe can help me here. Um, oh, those listeners I, and, who... And this movie came out in the, I think, I must have come out in the late 60s, or early, mid-70s, early 70s, 70s, I don't know. I saw it at the Pacific Film Archives, and it was the, at the time I was watching, I said, this is the most ridiculously stupid movie I have ever seen in my life. And it was a movie that had that was documenting the various mob families and who they'd run for president. And like every, especially in the Democrat Party, everybody that, Lyndon Johnson was representing one part of one mob family and Kennedy was representing another mob family. And Well, they're all gangsters, John. Of course they are. We know that the Clintons and Bush families have been working together for years, running drugs through, you know, Mena, Arkansas. This is, it's, they're all thugs and gangs. It makes total sense. Why do we believe otherwise? Well, I just would like to find, you know, the thing is, this was so well documented, even though I thought it was bogus, because I was. Well, because you were not awakened by then. I wasn't, wasn't the skeptic that I've become <laughs> through experience, I might add. Yes. And, and, and through research, anybody... experience and research. Research. Mm-hmm. So, so there's an interesting story breaking as we speak. Oh, what's that? Uh, wait, do we have a breaking news story? No, sorry, we don't. No, we have it. Well, let's, I want to preface it with a clip. Well, we do. We from... have a. <laughs> breaking news! Breaking news! Did I blow oh, you that out? That was it. No. <laughs> I, I, I think that horn which only should be used for when we have duplication. We need a different noise because that should be for repeating ourselves. Yes. Anyway, the um, which clip do you want me to proceed uh, the breaking? Well, news I with? want you to, to run the Oberman clip. Uh, I got three of them. Oh. I got Oberman oh, add yeah, one yeah, worst person three. and and three ads. Well, there's something. a couple of there, there's a couple of weirdnesses going on with Oberman. Uh, now you're not going to get into the whole news network fighting news network thing again, are you? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, is, is Oberman guy, re, is Oberman relevant? I mean, how many people watch him? He's got a big numbers. His okay. numbers have got, and he's getting a big head, which is hard to believe, <laughs> but which is very good for your television career. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but it's actually getting, you know, so, uh, but what's interesting are the commercials they're running around his show. Oh, let me guess. Uh, Big Pharma? No, that's what's interesting about it. Really? Run, I think Oberman won. 
Okay, let's check. By of healthcare, healthcare is then rationed. Also, the quality of healthcare with socialized medicine is greatly reduced. You will wait months and years for treatment. Many of the people will not get treatment at all. You will pay for free healthcare for over 20 million illegal aliens. <laughs> Obama and the Democrats know that socialized medicine does not work. They want it because it gives them more power over you. You can stop the horrors of socialized medicine from happening to you by joining the U.S. Citizens Association. Uh. Membership is free. I was going to say, why did you, you scrambled it because you didn't want to promote it. I'm not putting out somebody else's phone number. Wait, so if I play that, if I play that backwards, then I get the, uh, I get the number and I can find the website. I'll give you the number. No, (laughs) please. But yes. So that's, so that's an anti Obama and you would think an anti Obama. Yeah, that that runs right before or or right during one of the breaks. And I was going, wow, somebody, somebody screwed here. But. I'm wondering whether it's a honey pot or what it is because when I listen to that ad, it's basically everything's free, free, free. It's a this is a mailing list operation. I was going to say, you know, maybe we should actually call the number because maybe it's you know, as you say, a honey pot where you call up and then they try to convert you or whatever, or just get your name on a mailing. What's list. the it website? Like what's the What's the website that they gave out? Come on, John. Uh, it's I, it's the name of the it's the name of the group dot org. I think something like <sighs> that. Thanks. I can go get, I'd have to play the real clip without the, the, the unedited clip to figure it out. But let's go, anyway, that's an example of the ads they're running on that show, which I thought was surprising. weird. Surprising. Now, the more surprising one, because I've never heard an ad for this ever, is, I think it's clip, the third clip uh, for Oberman. You are not your name. You're not your job. You're not the clothes you wear or the neighborhood you live in. You're not your fears, your failures, or your past. You are hope. Um, Stop it. Stop hope. It. Now you got to guess what, what do you think it's going to be? Um, I think this is. Wow. Uh, is this targeted at, at college kids? I don't know. Hit it. You are imagination. You are the power to change, to create, and to grow. You are you are all that you can be. A spirit that will never die. And no matter how beaten down, you will rise again. Scientology. <laughs> know yourself. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. These guys must they must yourself. be hard up for money, man. So they're taking Scientology dough and they're taking uh anti Obama ad money? So it sounds like and this by the way went right into a uh, Rachel Maddow house ad. Hmm. You are Scientology. Great- have you ever read Dianetics by uh, Ron L. Hubbard? Or yeah, L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, have you actually read it? I, I couldn't get through it. It was just too much I read for it. Me. You know, I read it one vacation. Well, you, re- you read Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I did it. I mentioned it. Honk the yeah. horn. Don't let me do that again. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I have not seen the... Uh, I got to put up the link, the Amazon.com link. I'm going to start promoting all these wacky books. So, yes, you did it again. But uh, Dianetics, it's, it's not a bad book. You know, and it, it's not. You know, I like... just. My advice, yeah, people can read it, but but, uh, it it doesn't seem as freaky as the people who try and you know get you clear who are stopping on the street, you know, with the 
with that voltometer or whatever it is. The book e-meter. Is, e-meter. <laughs> yeah. The, the predecessor to the iPod. You know, it's it does it, you know it, it had some pretty logical stuff in there. A lot of the book is about uh, you know what a what a fetus actually feels while it's inside the womb and what it hears and you know the whole idea of you know well, not if you disturbing. You thought you were getting an interesting commentary from the Ayn Rand. Uh, I, you know, I haven't. The only thing I've gotten. Let me tell you, dude. The only thing I've dude, gotten dude. Is, is good. You should honk the horn when you say dude from I've, now on. No, I will not. I've gotten good feedback. People are like, hey, man, thanks thanks for pointing that out. That's a, that's a pretty interesting book. You know, I don't know if they've actually gotten through it all. How, have you started yet, John, Mr. Criticaster? Yeah, yeah, I have. I've started. It's sitting over on the toilet, so when I'm taking a dump, <laughs> I, I read a couple pages. <laughs> It really helps. I'm telling you, you get out of the bathroom a lot faster. <laughs> I, I read uh, gossip magazines, primarily ones that that have me in it when I'm taking a dump. <laughs> I get out real fast. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm being raked over the coals again. So you know, okay. I, I was walking down the street and I had one of my roll ups in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh and, yeah. There's Adam Curry smoking. Yeah. Dope oh and, yeah. And totally. It's all over the news. Hey, he's on. He's on dope again. He's stoned again. I'm like, dude. It's just a fucking. It's fucking tobacco. Uh. So, um, all right. Now, so here's the, the, the some actual interesting political news, and this requires playing one more clip. Wow. This we're, one will be the, the, clips. the clip number two, which is the long clip. The worst person. Uh, uh, yeah, Olbermann does this thing called the worst person in the world. And so he, he cites some poor schlub who happens to be a PR guy defending uh, uh, his congressman for apparently being politically incorrect oh and using the word and allowing somebody to use the word terrorist in a joking manner. And I've noticed this with Olbermann, which is a show, you know, it's worth watching occasionally if you can put up with Olbermann, who has got no sense of humor. And a big head. And he's got this huge head that just fills the screen, and he's really serious, and he stares, and, he's, and he purses his lips, and he's really serious. He's staring. Oh, what did he do before this? Was he like a comedian or uh, No, no, he was a rich – Sportscaster, He got maybe? his reputation by being fired by ESPN. But yeah, right. He was a sports guy. I thought it was something yeah, like that. Yeah, sports commentator. And he dreamed up the show some time ago, and it was a f- huge flop until the election came around, and he, he decided to go overboard with being an Obama bot. I mean, really over the time. And he got, started getting a following, and he, then he picked up some better writers, and the show is actually pretty pretty full of uh, material. But a lot of it is just really sketchy. In this particular piece, if you listen to it, it, it's a, it's a, it's, it leads me right into a news story that I found interesting. Okay. But our winner tonight, Matt Lavoie, the spoke- Spokesman for yesterday's worst, Congressman Wally Herger of Chico, California. After a constituent now identified as Bert Stead of Redding, California, stood up at a Herger town hall and identified himself as a, quote, proud right-wing terrorist, Congressman Herger responded not with any rebuke, but by saying, amen, God bless you, there is a great American. The spokesman, Mr. Lavoie, now says the congressman has no intention of apologizing for praising a self-described terrorist. He says, quote, the comment was in jest. The man was using satire to make his point, which does not have a damn thing to do with it. As I said last night, even if he was being allegorical or hyperbolic, this is not language to bandy about. Not when people are both sides are showing up with submachine guns or guns at town halls. <laughs> submachine guns. Not when members of right-wing militias are showing up at town halls. When faced with this crap on the eve of last year's election, even Senator McCain's conscience got the better of him, and he reprimanded a woman spouting hate 
speech against McCain's rival. Congressman Herger and his spokesman need to do the same. And until they do, they are contributing to this climate of paranoia and violence enveloping our political system. Until they say something, Congressman Herger and this spokesman are not defending the Constitution. They are threatening it. Matt Lavoie, the spokesman for Congressman Wally Herger, 2nd District, California. Today's worst person in the world. Yeah. Okay. So this guy, so he brings up the violence thing. I'm thinking violence. First of all, I, I, I love I love the Phantom of the Opera music that goes along with that. <laughs> oh, no, it did. Pretty dramatic. Totally great. Yeah. So, uh, so the story breaks this morning that some punk who had apparently busted up, this is the violence part, by the way, busted up the Democratic headquarters in, in I think, Denver and uh-huh. defaced a bunch of uh, uh, Obama signs and, you know, busted a window. Well, in, him in, and, uh, oh, inside the actual uh, offices? No, they they threw rocks through the window. It hit the but They just busted up the place to right. some extreme. And it was, you know, blamed on pissed off Republicans who were uh, <laughs> who, about the who are f- funded thing. by uh, the the insurance companies so they uh, but by coincidence these kids I guess went around here and there kids one of them's 24 I guess they're both in their tw- mid-20s and they some cop by coincidence caught him and is any guy's a Democrat operative <laughs> Really? Yeah, he's a Democrat. He was he actually he's been he's been a paid canvasser. He got five hundred bucks for canvassing for some. Uh, it's on my blog Dvorak dot org slash blog. You should check it out. And I'm beginning to now think that okay. So he and he, the idea is, and of course, the Denver Post, very supportive of Obama, says no, he's an he's not a Democrat. He's an anarchist. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. sure. He also apparently was was arrested in Minnesota trying to disrupt the Republican uh, convention. This guy's just one of these. He's just a troublemaker. He's just a. Pain. He should. Get, he should be chipped. He's a paid trouble. He should be chipped. He's a paid <laughs> troublemaker. But it's like now they've turned out that there's a whole bunch of listings on Craigslist to get you know uh, with the title "Summer Jobs That Make a Difference," where they pay you three hundred fifty to five hundred dollars to go work. This one out of Sacramento. Oh yeah, no, that that's been going on for weeks. Right to the go Craigslist in and, stuff. Yeah. And there's no reason for them, you know, the, the idea here is just to make the Republicans look bad. And I was thinking about this because I've been watching a lot of these town hall meetings and, and there's this really sketchy stuff that comes up and, you know, f- from the supposed radical Republicans, these Republican terrorists that, you know, can barely get away from the television set, let alone go protest. My commentary is simple. What Republicans do you know that go around, drive around on bicycles and, and throwing rocks at places like these two kids were doing? Uh, the Republicans. Republicans, unless a church organizes a protest and buses the people out there, they generally don't do that much. They're not the, – the radicals are no, typically it, it, on – you know they're going to show up in their Ford F-150s with their, with their semi-automatic uh, rifles. You know, they're not going to go waste time on bicycles with rocks. So the point is – well, they generally stay home. Yeah. But the point <laughs> is – they do, and so so I'm watching one of the town hall meetings, which I'd re- taken a clip from earlier. And this guy gets up, who's moaning vociferously about the bad health care bill. And he first he says, "I pay seven hundred dollars a month for my health care insurance, and I think I get the best. And I am an American, and I get the best health care in the world." And he rips off of two or three Republican, the corniest, the worst of the Republican talking points, as if he's mocking them. But he makes makes it very clear he's paying $700 a month for this great health care. Huh, the phone. So, 
I'm and somebody comes and berates him afterwards, saying that. Uh, well, well, hold on a second. Shit. Who? <laughs> hello, hello, John C. Dvorak Escort Service. Yeah, some opinion poll, some opinion poll. So. Um, Anyway, and I was thinking, what we is should the- we should really have a way to patch your phone in when an opinion pollster calls. We should be like both on the phone, and we should really mess with their heads. It would be great. Anyways, but the thing is, when I picked it up, they already hung up because I'm obviously on a dialer. Called the company's opinion one. Anyway, the phone's off the hook now. So I'm thinking, and somebody else comes up, you know, some other Republican, a real Republican, kind of flabbergasted about how this guy's bragging about paying seven hundred dollars a month, as though this is a good, a good Jeez. thing. Yeah. And she had this look on her face, and now I think back on it, why isn't why was or was it a, just a Democrat plant in a, in a form of irony, saying I pay seven hundred dollars a month for the great health care in the world and i want to keep it that way which is essentially what he said so i'm thinking half of this stuff is staged in one way or another and it's not you know staged by the republicans but you know we need we need to set something straight here because the 700 dollars a month or whatever it is you know you probably pay 400 i think that's what i pay somewhere in that region that's actually not paying for health care okay you're paying for insurance and and the whole idea of these insurance companies sitting in between, whether they're public or private, whether it's government-owned or not, the whole idea of it being like a layaway program is just wrong. You know, healthcare in general should be somewhat affordable, and there should be you know reasonable parameters around what a doctor can charge you, which is the way it always worked in a lot of these Gitmo Nation states, which was actually worked pretty well. But now it's become this, this is what I pay for health care. No, that's what you pay for insurance for your health care. No, I agree with that. Now, there's a secondary uh, meme that has shown up, and this is not something that's new. But all of a sudden, I'm noticing this if I watch any of these town hall meetings or I listen to the news and they're, and they're clipping from them. I, this meme has started to show up, and I'm not sure who's behind this one. But I get the sense that it's, it's these organizers that, that aren't Republicans or, or Democrats, but it's the people that keep promoting health savings accounts. Now, I've health savings accounts became legal. It's like a form of an IRA. Yeah, it's, or, a, it's tax deductible, right? Yes, tax deductible. And now I'm hearing on right-wing talk radio, left-wing talk radio, town hall meetings, out of the blue. And this wasn't, I'd say two weeks ago, I would have not heard this at all. Zero. Now I'm hearing it constantly. References to health savings accounts over and over and over mm. as if somebody has pulled the Well, you know, it's, a perfect the way, it's a perfect way to put more money into the banks. It's a, that it's, could be part of yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's a great financial instrument. And, of course, when we, when we have that money in the banks, then we can create derivatives and trade on it. Yay! <laughs> yay! Yay! Exactly. Yay! Jobs, <laughs> jobs, jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs! Yeah! Um, yeah, that's yeah, probably you know, that, exactly it. I'm sure that there's a derivative guy right now saying, how can we just take <laughs> health savings accounts and sell a package to the Germans? <laughs> Yeah, well, but you know, it, it really what happened, and in the United States, you know, we're we're entrepreneurs. We're we like to to create businesses. You know, doctors everywhere setting up these specialist clinics, and you know, all kinds of expensive equipment, and you know, and uh, it's just, the system is just. It, it, we need more than reform. You know, we we just need to rethink what we're doing. And we're just uh, we're not there. It's all it, it is it, it is all these memes. 
that uh, you know I pay for health care. No, it's insurance for health care. It's in case you really, really get toasted. You know, it's in case you get hit by a truck. It's in case you get um, cancer. You know, uh, it, 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 in case you get a heart attack, it's for it's for you know like uh, insurance for your home, insurance for your car. You know, you don't call I pay, I I pay for auto service. No, it's insurance for your for your automobile. That's that's where it's all gone wrong. People just don't quite understand the. Uh, no, the they've mechanics been led of it. astray. They've, they've been, been hypnotized. Astray. People watching three, four, five hours of television television a day, completely. You know. I was at home alone in San Francisco for a week, and of course, you know, what am I doing, right? It's like, well, might as well turn on the porn. Uh, and of course, I stop on, you know, on any other, you know, low low number channel, and I'm just like, it's amazing the kind of shit that's being fed into your head. And now we have the president who has it's uh, and and it's it's quite interesting how this goes. Uh, in in even the Financial Times, in the same article, I'll see. Well, he is nominated Ben Bernanke to be the Federal Reserve uh, chairman for a second term. And in the same article, he is, you know, reappointed him. I'm like, well, hold on a second. That's not how it works. You know, you you can't just reappoint him as the president. He has to go through a whole, pro- which, of course, is going to be just the, I mean, you thought Sotomayor was, was funny. Now they're going to have to do another Senate approval process for Ben Bernanke. I mean, watch, watch that twist and turning go. And Chris Dodd, you know, who, of course, is a total shill. Like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're really going to grill him this time. Bullshit, Chris or Todd. Dodd. Bullshit. But, yeah, I call it bullshit. I mean, this is like giving the, the doctor who who has been um, convicted of malpractice, like giving him a, a medal of honor. You know, for, it's like th- this well, guy. Actually, remember, it's like George Bush giving all those freedom freedom medals to the, to the guys who screwed up Iraq. I, when I was in uh, in Spain, uh, the people in the house next to us, who um, the guy, uh, you know, we had dinner with him one, one night, and had three kids, and the you know, kids were running around. It was, it was, you know, kind of a laid back, like family dinner. And so, what do you do, John? He says, "Well, I, um, I'm managing director of a security company." I'm like, "Oh, really?" You know, and he's a, a British. He says, "Yeah, but you know, not, not like uh, people who, uh, you know, uh, protect uh, your your office building, you know, like a security company." I say, "Oh, you mean like uh, a consultancy?" <laughs> And he's like, he was a 20-year uh, commanding officer in the British Army. And, uh, and you know, and he has like, a, basically he runs a Blackwater. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this was not blue. And I that's got why he was. That's why he was in the house next to you. Yes. You didn't figure that out? Oh, shit, I should have thought. <laughs> he, he was looking at me, wasn't he? Hmm. Yeah, well, make I, sure I, that there's nothing weird not... <laughs> going on with this guy. <laughs> hey, just some, uh, uh, hold on a second, I should probably play this. And now, back to real news. Severely underreported, but uh, interesting nonetheless. In 1969, the uh, then, I guess, Prime Minister of the Netherlands, Willem Drees, was given by the then ambassador uh, to the United States uh, in uh, in the Netherlands a piece of moon rock. And uh, this, of course, was put into the Rijksmuseum, which is uh, probably the most fi- famous museum uh, in the Netherlands. They've got a lot of fantastic art. And um, the uh, Free University of Amsterdam uh, got a hold of uh, the moon rock. And, uh, and they said, you know, this is really interesting. This, of course, we, we like talking a lot about, uh, about space and what's going on above our heads, the Naval Space Command. And, 
you know, of course, my opinion that, yes, although we uh, not only have been on the moon, we have uh, probably have moon bases, uh, the actual <laughs> – shut up. The actual 1969 moon landing, I believe, was uh, done in a studio. So the, uh, the Free University of Amsterdam examines this moon rock, and after 30 minutes they say, hey, nice, it's a piece of petrified wood. It's not an actual moon rock. <laughs> well, that's interesting because – my understanding is there's only one moon rock that was ever given away to anybody, and I can't off the top of my head, maybe somebody in the chat room will know who it is, uh, and I think it's an American, and um, it wasn't, I, I, I never heard of a second moon rock ever being handed to anybody, so I think the thing never was a moon rock, and no, I think it somebody's just it laughing was, at no, this under petrified their wood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just petrified wood. Yeah, we got a moon rock for you, buddy. <laughs> You know what? We should hand out no agenda moon rocks. This is an excellent, another fine premium, John. Oh, we're just banging them out. Hey, did we get any um, any um, ringtone requests? Um, oh, that doesn't sound very promising. No, really, not a single yeah, one. Yeah, we got huh? we got a few donations. We didn't really. I don't think we made it clear, and I think we botched the ringtone that we had. And I want and near the end of the show, when we get to uh, my point, where I, I'm going to have to ask people to pony up a little bit here, uh, we'll set up a mechanism. And, I, and one of the buttons isn't working for some unknown reason. Got changed. Yeah, I, I got a lot of the messages about that. Uh, so what, I'm going to fix that to today. But the point is, is that. Uh, no, we didn't get any any at all. Zip zero. So uh, I want to congratulate. So that idea it didn't pan out. Well, but it the, doesn't I, mean it should. It really should. I think so too. But I think the problem is we don't have a real mechanism in place where people can get you know because I don't think well, anybody if, can. If, if, you can only donate. You can't put a message in when you use PayPal. You can use you can add a message, can't you? Yes, you can. I don't think I don't know if people aren't seeing that box or what it is, but mm. I haven't seen any messages. So we uh, might so need far. to set up a, a customized donation. Uh, yeah, I'm going to set something up yeah. today. I'll, it, by tonight, uh, this is uh, Thursday, uh, August 27th. Uh, by on August 28th or tonight, sometime, uh, there will be a, it'll be set up differently, and you can go to uh, dvorak.org/na or No Agenda Show, which does not be com. fixed. By the way, that that's is that hosed no as well? Is that hosed? No, it's not completely hosed, but one of the, the two of the buttons don't work. Uh, but anyway, dvorak.org slash NA will be working for sure tonight, exactly right. And then we'll, and it'll, and just, and I'll, you know, have a separate button for the, uh, uh, donation with a, uh, ringtone. It being the 27th of August, uh, I do just want to say that it was 19 years ago today that, uh, my daughter came into the world, uh, and, uh, that was, uh, to the soundtrack of the Beatles in my life in uh, Livingston Hospital. Well, you, congratulations yes, to thank uh, you. Yes, that's what to I want. To you and her. Yeah. Chris is her name. Christina. Yes. Christina. Yes. So I want to congratulate uh, Alex Berenson of the New York Times who wrote a fabulous piece uh, forwarded to me by one of our listener producers Tim Brophy. And I think you got it as well, John. Uh, it's about the uh, the software that was stolen, quote, stolen from Goldman Sachs uh, by uh, this guy, uh, Ali Nikov, who was working at, uh, at Goldman Sachs. And it really goes into what this software does. In fact, you know, and this, of course, is why Goldman Sachs is making billions of dollars in profit. 
um, this high frequency trading actually is is a complete market manipulation. He explains it in pretty simple language. You'll find the uh, the link uh, to the article in the show notes at noagendashow.com or curry.com or uh, dvorak.org slash blog. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, he left Goldman Sachs because he was only making $750,000 a year as a software programmer. Geeks pay attention. He left uh, because he was offered a $1.2 million a year job at uh, Teza Technologies. And what it does is, uh, this this software, which is probably written in some you know really low level machine code or something, COBOL probably, um, <laughs> <laughs> binary COBOL, binary COBOL, and uh, you know so it, it bundles up trades before they actually hit the open market, and so they're making pennies exactly what we, that we talked about you know many weeks ago on the show, and and they and they're able to make pennies on these trades even before it hits the uh, the open market systems. And of course, the the travesty of all of this is that Goldman Sachs, through the TARP, or maybe it's the TALP, I think it's the TARP, is is actually able to borrow hundreds of millions of dollars a day for free, for free, mind you, from us, from uh, from our from the Treasury, in fact, um, to then go and make these trades. So they have no risk, no risk at all, and they're making billions of dollars through market manipulation. And it's right here in black and white in the New York Times. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and but, of you know, course, I've always thought I've always thought that the market once the computerized trading thing took place, and especially with computerized systems like Nasdaq, that there had to be a way to deconstruct the mechanism, reverse engineer it in such a way that you could manipulate it. Uh, with another computer program, if you had enough money to do it, and that's what Goldman Sachs had when they gave, you know, they well, essentially they've always had because they're one of the biggest. But you have to be pretty big to do this. And well, you got to uh, have yeah, some the- major, major hardware. In fact, I know one of these guys, and I remember uh, he was a uh, kind of a not really a buddy because he was kind of weird. Uh, but we met at the uh, at the Ben Cohen's shawarma restaurant one night, and we got to talking. And, you know, his spare time he was like a his hobby was pole vaulting, and uh, and he was this you know bald head, which of course works perfectly with Goldman Sachs uh, type guys because they're all they seem to be kind of balding. It's like a club. Um, and, and and what he would do literally is work on these incredibly sophisticated yet very simplistic, very fast programs. And all it was was just you know how fast can we execute trades? And you know if you're really good at your binary COBOL, then uh, there's uh, there's quite a lot of dough for you to be made out there. And which brings me right back to the assassination of that software programmer who worked at uh, at the Gates Law Firm. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, these guys are onto it. They don't want the story to come out. The FBI, I mean, can, if, if, if someone steals something from your company, the FBI, I'm, I'm reading this book, The Informant. I'm almost done with it. And the FBI takes we- months, months, sometimes years before they go and arrest anybody. No, when it comes to Goldman Sachs and someone took their market manipulation code, they arrest the guy within one day. One day, the FBI is like, oh, stop. We got to arrest you. <laughs> Yeah. This is not just some crackpot theory. There's not even proof of a crime. Yeah, except the crime was he he took the code. Yeah, but how do they know? Because Goldman Sachs picks up the red phone. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. How do they investigate? They just assume he took the code. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have any time to investigate anything. They just like they I picked mean, up the red have, phone. Did he have a copy of a printout of the code, or was it in his head, or was it on a thumb drive? No, he uploaded I mean, it to some open uh, server somewhere. Probably in Europe. Yeah, probably. 
I mean, it could be just having access to the backup stuff after you quit the company is have, is stealing the code. And meanwhile, and, you know, we're, we're led to believe that uh, Bernie Madoff was was duping his clients with a copy of Windows 95 <laughs> and, and a dot matrix printer. Uh, by the way, a New York Post reporting that uh, he has cancer and is dying. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, I feel bad for people with cancer. My mom died of lung cancer. But, uh, you know, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, he's taking 20 pills a day. Uh, he talks about it all the time. He's not, you know, of course, he's going he's to, it's, it's not the heart attack we thought, John. It'll be cancer. That's what he's going to die of. Well, they're still going to have to, you know, there are ways of, uh, of injecting people with certain chemicals and make them look dead and then you wheel them out. And I mean, you see it in the movies and it's probably over dramatized and it's probably more dangerous than it, than you'd think. But, you know, I mean, you think this guy had to have a look, this guy walked off with over 60 billion dollars, you know, more money than Bill Gates, which we haven't found, by the way, which they haven't found there. He had to have an, a, 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 an escape plan. Oh, yeah. I mean, because he obviously walked right into the whole thing, turned himself in. I mean, he I mean, you'd think that if he, he maybe would disappear to, you know, some island someplace where there's where there's extradition proof, move to Paraguay. I think you can get. Yes, Paraguay. Or, that's uh, with the Bush family. I think I think that's extradition proof. Yeah. And there's a bunch of things you could do and you could live a good life there. I mean, you're going to live a better life in Paraguay. It's uh, definitely going to eat better than you're going to in the prison in North Carolina. Yeah. So, well, so, so he'll it? die of cancer very soon. Something's going to happen. It'll be and then, very, very sad, and uh, they'll bring the box out, and uh, he'll uh, slip out the back, Jack. <clears throat> That's my guess. Uh, because otherwise of- it makes no sense. A guy like that who dreamed up this scheme and can carry it to such an extreme has to have you know, a, a, an exit strategy. I, and I think the $60 billion is just the tip of the iceberg. I think it was involved in a lot more. He set up NASDAQ. He was the, the founding dude of NASDAQ. So he yeah. was involved in all kinds of trickery. Oh, yeah, no, no. It was a dot matrix printer, printer with Windows 95, and he went and made up these accounts. Yeah, right. How stupid do they think we are? Apparently, yeah, quite stupid. Very. The uh, the Dutch uh, <coughs> prince, you remember that uh, the royal the the royal Dutch prince had uh, sued the Associated Press, said you can no longer uh, make pictures available of my family. <coughs> so the, yeah. So the I don't believe there's been any verdict yet in that uh, in that case, but this was uh, clearly a case of don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. The prince has been uh, building a house. In uh, Mozambique, which is uh, kind of the new Paraguay, it's uh, it's the Paraguay for royals, and he pulled a fast one, which has been all over the news here. Um, he no longer owns the house. He uh, put the house into a, a a new structure of a foundation, and of course, uh, he was kind of smart to do that because this uh, development has been nothing but a one big wasp's nest of bribery. Uh, someone's been killed on the premises. There's all this amazing shit going on. And he's like, uh, maybe I should put the house into a foundation. No, no, we're going to help uh, poor people with this house. <laughs> oh, the just, gall. Yeah, really. The gall. If you're wondering why... Um, 
our economy uh, has uh, gotten a little bit better because, you know, of course, even though the long-term prospects are horrible and that news has been snowed under by the death of uh, Ted Kennedy. Um, and this is, I'm actually um, deducing this from uh, reading about what happened in Germany. When, you know, the German economy, we were, we were quite amazed that it actually grew. And I kind of figured it out, a uh, number of reasons, but the one that makes the most sense why the U.S. economy, economy has not deteriorated as quickly, it's still declining, mind you, but not as quickly as expected, is, of course, the Cash for Clunkers program, John. Because so much money, now I think $3 billion has been pumped into the economy directly with real cold, hard paper. Um, that this is, uh, it's like, it's like a, paper, a paper play. And up next, cash for refrigerators. Yeah, I know. I saw that one. In fact, Horowitz and I talked about it. Oh, really? Um, cash for appliances, and they're gonna. You know, he thinks that maybe they'll be going for cash for sofas. <laughs> How about cash for hair extensions? <laughs> <laughs> you know, cash for shrubbery. I mean, it's like okay, fine. They're gonna do like a half a billion dollars, I think. Uh... Cash for, uh-huh. cash for refrigerator. Is this coming from yeah, our original? I think you're missing the point. You know, this, uh, this is all for the environment. Oh, right. We want to get some of these old appliances out of, um, uh, uh, off the grid. Yeah, how stupid am I? It's about being green. The, um, so the news, of course, in, uh, in the United Kingdom has been nonstop about, and, I, and I, it was kind of fun uh, to pick up a Financial Times uh, at Schiphol Airport, I, was, I flew over to uh, to London to hang out with Christina for a bit, and um, I, I actually I took your advice, John. I took the Heathrow Express into town instead of taking a cab, which was fabulous. Uh, I I got a first class ticket; it's great. They give you CNN indoctrination and free Financial Times, completely different edition, much more interesting because it had none of the, all the Lockerbie stuff in the uh, in the international version. And uh, as you already predicted, uh, Gordon Brown taking a lot of heat, and he finally came out and said something. He finally said, oh, I was disgusted by the hero's welcome that uh, uh, whatever, whatever the guy's name is, the, uh, the suspected bomber received upon coming home. But, of course, they've all distilled it here and said, well, it's going to be quite embarrassing when British Petroleum announces the big deal they have with Libya, which is on its way. Apparently, the deal has already been cut. <laughs> So, um, so every, yeah, so everyone knows exactly what this was about. And, um, I've been receiving lots of emails about, you know, the kind of debunk this guy is being, um, as being the actual guilty person, you know, the, um, apparently it had to do with someone else who was on the plane and the, the detonation device, which was found in you know, like 25 miles from the crash site was this exact same detonation device used by the CIA and some other scam they pulled off. So it, it doesn't make much sense to, you know, to, to, to dredge up all this stuff, you know, was it 25 years later? But, yeah, no, uh, it's like, it's like the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, it's like it's, no one cares. But there's other things to do. Yeah. But the fact of the matter was this guy was found guilty and blamed. And so why do you only get eight years? You know, well, it makes well, no the, sense. the thing that everyone's really pissed off about is that he, um, by being let free, he withdrew his appeal. And there was all kinds of evidence that was set to be brought into the open, which people really wanted to hear about. Right. 
And so that was uh, pretty much. Well, that would be the conspiracy, the real conspiracy angle, not the deal for the oil. Possible. So here's so let's take a look at it from this perspective. The guy's got the goods on who really did it. Let's say it's the CIA. So all of a sudden, we got to get this guy out of the back out of the country and make him drop this appeal. So what are we going to do? I know I have an idea. Let's do a deal with Libya's oil and British petroleum. Make it look like it's going like that's the reason they did it, and then get him out. Nothing to see here. Kind of a, a move. That's possible. And, and then uh, let Gordon Brown try to dig himself out of it. Well, Brown's going to eat crap for this day, they'll say. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah but Brown oh, yeah. wasn't going to win anyway. So Brown is going to just, you know, we'll give him a big pile of money and he can go off and do something else. You know, I, I, Brown's I, already toast. There's, He's there's, already toast. There's only one flaw with that, with that theory is that I believe the CIA, that President Obama and his administration do not control the CIA. I think the CIA is actually out of control right now. I think they were completely loyal to Bush, uh, maybe even Bush Clinton or the whole, you know, the whole gang over there on the Bush Clinton side. Uh, and, and I believe this is why Obama has now set up a new team, which reports only to him outside of the CIA. Can you believe it? How crazy does it have to get? Now we have the CIAA2. And uh, and they're going to be the only ones allowed to interrogate uh, the suspected terrorists. This stinks. This really, really smells like poop. Don't you think? I mean, what, what yeah, the hell does, is the CIA I for? That, I don't. I don't see how that has anything to do with my my. Well, no, theory. because because your your theory is that the, the, uh, the all these things by the CIA were going to be uncovered, and therefore they came up with this with this scam. But I don't think that uh, Brown slash Obama, all on the same side, all all run by the same gangsters. I don't think they it behooves them to protect the CIA. That's my point. I think I think if they could blow open the CIA, if they could mm, expose I think it's it, too risky. No, mm, no, it's well, too risky. I well, mean, you, certainly for one thing you you can get killed. Oh yeah, that's right. Two to the head. Hey, let's talk about some spaceships. <laughs> Quick! I got one. Here's one. This this blew me away. Eleven thousand. Sorry. This one. You are you with me? Yeah. Eleven thousand United States veterans who had colonoscopies at the U.S. Veterans Affairs hospitals may have been exposed to hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and HIV. Apparently, in this. Uh, I think it was a Miami, yeah, Miami VA hospital. 11,000 veterans had, who had colonoscopies were treated or the colonoscopies were done with equipment. It's an en, uh, endoscopy, 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 endoscopy. Uh, yeah, that device. That tube they show up your ass. Uh, instead of being sterilized, it was just rinsed off. Oh God! I mean, that's not just, not only is that dangerous. That's just disgusting. That's just, hey, uh, lady, hey, nurse, nurse, can you rinse this off? Oh, yeah, you know, she grabs it, sniffs it, rinses it, sniffs it, rinses it, sniffs it. So there's a couple of guys who contracted AIDS. Eight so far. Twelve have tested <laughs> for hepatitis B. Thirty-seven for hepatitis C because they they only rinsed the anal probe. Well, wait, isn't this a government health care system we're talking about? Absolutely. <laughs> There you go. That'll do it for you. Yeah. That link will be in the show notes. That could kind of freak me out, man. Yeah, well, if you were going to get one of those tests, I think it would. So uh, anyway, back to the uh, the CIA. Uh, uh, I think the jury's still out on whether they killed Kennedy. 
and then killed Bobby and killed, uh, well, didn't kill, but then they, you know, pushed what's his name off the bridge. And next <laughs> thing you know, the Kennedys are done. Yeah. Now, here's a problem that I have. Uh, not that I'm going to take the crackpot side of things, but I have a clip that I want to play uh, that came, that was shown on Nova Science Now, which has this goofy guy who's the who's the host. Let, let me guess. This is the rat memory clip. Yeah, the rat memory clip. So they got the they're teaching this rat. They got a rat wired up, and he and, and they have this moving platter, and so the rat's walking around. And when there's one spot on the platter, if he gets near it, he gets a jolt. <laughs> and so the platter keeps moving around, moving around. He, he oh, they fuck with him. So the, so the, it, the spot changes. Well, it's moving. It's a moving platter. Uh-huh. So, the, so so if he stands still, he's going to be pushed into this area where he gets the jolt. Uh-huh. Oh, so he so starts sad. walking. He keeps walking away from this area as the platter keeps moving around. He learns to avoid this area, and he learns quite well. But then they pull a fast one on the rat. But I found it very disturbing, this whole segment, which you're going to play right now. Walking away. So when the rat stays away from a particular area, we can imagine that he has remembered where he was shot. Then, Fenton injects the rat's hippocampus with a chemical called Zip, known to undo the effect of PKM Zeta. And what we observed, which was quite remarkable, was the rat acted as though it had forgotten completely where the shock zone was. And it explored the arena as if it was in the arena for the first time. Just got shocked. Yet, the rat could learn once again to avoid the shock zone. So we hadn't damaged the rat's brain. We hadn't broken its ability to to learn anything. What we had simply done was specifically erased the memory for that shock zone. Oh, boy. So uh, I guess we can relate this to the swine flu vaccination, huh? You know, there is something. Well, they had they injected this directly at some spot, although I'm sure you could make a uh, some way for something to to attack this area. But the the thing that disturbed me about this was the the matter of fact way that they did it. And this 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 chemical called Zip. They never really said what this stuff is. is. What is that stuff? I don't know, but it's obviously been known to exist because they said they already knew that it attacked this. this they found a chemical that had to do with short-term memory. <clears throat> they found that this chemical attacks this other chemical and then erases the short-term memory of the rat. And then the rat, but he's, the rat's perfectly normal except for the fact that this this memory of this shock zone had disappeared and he had to relearn it. I found this to be extremely disconcerting. Well, I'm re- the first link in Google uh, talks about this uh, very study, and it keeps talking about the zip. This is from 2007 about the <clears throat> the zip chemical ZIP. Um, but it, this also doesn't tell me what this is. Of course, this is all part of the mind control studies the CIA has been doing for uh, for years. What the hell is that zip stuff? How do we get some of it? I could use it after this show. I could use them myself. <laughs> uh, it would be interesting, though. It, what is zip? Here, sciencemag.org. Rapid erasure of long term memory associations in the cortex by an inhibitor of PKM. And then it has a symbol PKM. Hmm. Here we go. Ah. The components of the remodeled. 
synaptic machinery and how they sustain the new synaptic or cell-wide configuration over time are yet to be elucidated. In the rat cortex, long-term associative memories vanish rapidly after local application of an inhibitor of the protein Kinase-C isoform. I don't know. You, you butchered whatever it was, but you can put it in the show notes. <clears throat> Go ahead. K-I-N-A-S-E. Kinase-C isoform protein kinase M zeta. So that's what this zip stuff is. Can we? Yeah, we should be able to get some of that. <clears throat> I don't know what we're going to do with it. <laughs> I got some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> honey, honey, there were no hookers and blow. <laughs> didn't happen. Trust me. Just just take your flu shot, baby. Not a problem. So anyway, I was uh, I found that to be a distressing. But no one ever, you know, no one ever talks about for, this stuff. They just kind of throw it out. You know, look what happened. The rat we lost his he lost his memory. Ha ha. And it was like I don't know what the point of the story was. Not to prepare you. You know, we're getting very, very close now. September, October is when uh, the vaccinations are supposed to start. Well, you know, they're they're now the the, the latest news here in the uh, real Gitmo Nation is they are not going to have enough crap to do. They're going to have to do Gitmo Nation OG. They're going to have the uh, OG standing for original. Original gangster. Original Gitmo. But you know, gangster. They they're gonna have to roll out the now they say. Oh, the uh, adjuvant the adjuvant based flu shot in a two shot deal at the same time they have the regular seasonal flu shot, meaning there's gonna be a three shot oh. for kids who don't like shots anyway. And this gonna, <laughs> hey, they, 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 you can you can see this becoming a fiasco. I don't think they're gonna do that. I think they're gonna just put it off until next year. They're gonna create another, you know, they're going to have to rejigger with the flu vac- the flu virus itself because they've already done that according to the some of these reports. Uh, jigger it up a little bit so it actually does kill a few people, and um, and then try this scam again. You next know, year. actually, you know that that we're going to reboot. It's it reboot. It wouldn't be a bad idea, John, because you know, of course, I believe that there's you know an actual plan out there to eliminate people. But on the other hand, if you just look at the finances of it, I believe that uh, all the pharmaceutical companies they're going to get paid regardless. They were, you know all the shots have been ordered, so it's just going to be written off. And you may be right. You know, it's like we'll have ten, twenty, thirty, maybe four hundred people die. By the way, according to the numbers from the CDC, who who no longer actually track. Cases of swine flu, according to their numbers published, 500 people in the United States have died of swine flu, according to their numbers. I'm sorry, I didn't see the news report. 500 have died of swine flu in the United States. And most States. of those people were sick to begin with. But, with, but the, I've only heard of one. Where did all these others, where did these 500 come from? And now they're just doing these aggregated numbers. It's, it's crap. Play a little bit of music for you, everybody, here on No Agenda. CDC says more than one million Americans are already infected. It's perfectly safe for children to get vaccinated. The swine flu's coming back like a viral attack. It's like seven to six. You gotta cover your back, but not get the vaccine. Don't give in to that because those medical quacks are making money off that. Ah, uh, you gotta see this video. It's in uh, the show notes. <laughs> the health I love ranger. When the black community gets, gets yeah. onto this stuff. Uh, <laughs> don't inject me. The swine flu vaccine song. Well, yes, you know, of course, the uh, the uh, the actual news is that uh, swine flu may infect half of the U.S. population this year. Yeah, it's called the flu. Okay, sure, it happens. 
It happens. It's a Bloomberg report, by the way. 1.8 million patients in the U.S. will be hospitalized, filling intensive care units to capacity and causing severe disruptions during a fall resurgence. Scientific advisors to the White House have warned. Swine flu. Swine flu. It's going to kill you. So we have. You should make that into it. Somebody should take that clip and do something with it. What's the? Uh, what's my last clips I have? Yeah. How are we doing on time? We're kind we of, got fifteen minutes or so. Which you've means got about uh, ten. You have Alaska Town Hall and Lionfish. Oh, the the Alaskan Town Hall is kind of interesting. This is a town hall meeting where some nurse who's shaken like a leaf, oh, not a nurse, but a doctor, shaken like a leaf. And this was done by the senator from Alaska, who's kind of the, who's also a Republican and seems to be Sarah Palin's enemy and, and also seems to have some brains. The, uh, the uh, senator, female senator from Alaska. I just, I, I, let, forget it. So anyway, I'm not a big Sarah Palin fan anymore. So I never was, actually. I thought she was on paper. She looked like a good candidate. Neither am I, but I still feel that the way she was treated by the press was uh, anti-feminist. It was sexist, sexist, ageist to a certain degree, and, uh, and completely just... And by the way, those of you sitting at home listening to this, screw you too. You know, people who are saying, you know, I don't, I don't care for the woman's politics. I don't, I don't give a crap. I do care about how you talk about women in general. And the jokes that are made on every single news channel from Fox News to, uh, uh, hold on one second, John. Hold on. Hey, so I guess I'm not the only one who gets phone calls during the show. Well, by the way, while Adam's out uh, talking to this on the phone, I want to mention to people that we do need your support. Uh, NoAgendaShow.com, you can donate there, or Dvorak.org slash NA. We did very poorly, and I knew the reason why, because we didn't really push the donations last Sunday, and we usually don't on Sunday. But I would hope that we do a little better because this is, again, a slow week. And if you think about what we're delivering here, which is three hours a week of entertaining news and information that makes you think a little bit, uh, three hours a week, you pay $20 to go to the theater, uh, and and you don't get as much out of it as, as we deliver it week after week after week. And we're trying to expand that another hour and a half or another hour with a Tuesday show, but we aren't going to do it unless we have the kind of uh, steady income that's necessary. And I hope that some people out there who listen to this, who've been listening to the show over and over and over again, and you know, they, as far as they're concerned, you know, we're just another PBS operation begging for money. And you don't want to give us anything, which is, you know, I, and I don't have a problem with people who are students or people who want to volunteer some help, you know, website development or uh, pass the word along or give out copies of the show, whatever you want to do. John, thank you so too. much for doing that. That was actually my daughter who called. She uh, just landed and uh, I, just, I hadn't spoken to her. I'd left a voicemail message and I just wanted to say happy birthday to her. So thank you for covering. Dvorak.org slash N.A. <laughs> All right, do we get to the see do we get to the town hall or are we going to go straight into begging for money? <clears throat> no, I just did the begging for money so you Excellent. don't have to. Excellent. Although it would help if you begged for money once in a while. So let's go to the town hall. Uh, and the only reason I'm playing this, and it should have been played earlier in the show, it's just some doctor who has a uh, just kind of a, a complaint about uh, 
she's a general practitioner and and she's complaining about how there's a dying breed and this new bill's not going to help things. Hi, my name is Dr. Ilona Farr. I'm a family practice doc here in town, and I'm here representing um, 16 family practice docs, which is 20% of the family practice docs in, in Anchorage. We went from 180 down to 75 family practice doctors because of low Medicare reimbursement rates. Our call group uniformly said that if the bill that is currently proposed are bills, we would all be out of business by 2014. This is a very serious problem as we all enjoy seeing our patients. Right now, for a $115 office visit, I am paid $40 by Medicare and $7 by the secondary insurance. United Healthcare takes $400 for secondary insurance a month. They made $3 billion last year. Right. What we need to do is do health savings accounts and allow our seniors to take $300 that they are paying right now to the secondary insurance, put it in a health savings plan so they can pay us, so they can pay for hearing aids, so they can pay for other medical devices without a bunch of government bureaucracy, and people should be allowed from birth to death yeah. to do health savings accounts. Yeah, you know, John, I, I think that might actually be, a, of course, we should have played this much earlier in the show, you're right, but I think that might be an interesting option to see that, you know, revive. It, it's not a bad idea to um, teach people how to, uh, oh, I know it's anti-American to say this, but to save, save money. We've, 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 we've fallen into this reverse savings called credit, you know, where you, my mom used to call it the never-never. Yeah, never, never what? Yeah, like you never, never pay it off if you borrow money. <laughs> right, she used to call it, She said, hey, you, did you buy that car in the never, never? And, uh, and you know, it's saving money. It actually, of course, it's, not, it's anti-American. Uh, it screws up our economy. But maybe that's a good way to go through it. I'm not quite sure what happened to the dollar if we, if we saved our money, you know, how... Well, the economy is designed for cash flow. Yeah. So uh, saving our money is not is not many economists will say is a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, it was but, a good idea in the twenties. It was maybe a good idea in the eighteen sixties. But of course, but that's what's the, happening right now is people are saving their money. They're 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 keeping it in their pocket. They don't want to save it because they, they, the the future is too unsure. That's why you get deflation, which I'm also not against. Shit, stuff is getting cheaper. Yay. Yeah. Well. Deflation is also seen as a bad oh, thing. Shit. So, there goes uh, my nomination for uh, Federal Reserve Chairman. Damn. Who? Me. Mine. You. <laughs> yeah, I would be really good. Back to the yeah, gold you, standard. You'd be at least a humorous. <laughs> and I look better than Ben Bernanke. And I'll tell you, Bernanke doesn't seem like a very funny guy. He does not. He really doesn't. He wears funky shirts, though. Designer shirts. You see that where the, the collar has like some Yves Saint Laurent logo on it? And tone it down, Ben. Yeah, wear a white shirt. Yeah, tone it down, dude. And can we can we have a president and officials who wear ties again? I, I just think it's proper. Well, now that you mention it, I haven't picked up on that, but you're right. Obama's you know, roaming around yeah, with but, you know polo but, shirts on. I, damn, well, I, that's okay, you know, in in a certain in a certain setting. But I see Bernanke without a tie. I see Obama without a tie next to him. Can we, you know, since when did the tie become not fashionable anymore? Silicon you know? Valley. <laughs> Somebody said to me once, "Hey, you're the last guy in Silicon Valley who still wears a tie." Yeah, I think it was you. <laughs> How about the lionfish clip? No, we'll we'll save that for Sunday. I will never use it. Oh, Sunday, by the way, 
Uh, I think we may have to start a little bit later because Christina is uh, is doing a a fashion show. She's uh, on the runway, and it starts at eight uh, thirty a.m. Uh, Gitmo Nation West time. So if we could start probably around ten, maybe instead of nine. Yeah, that's fine. Now, if you're gonna, if she's gonna be doing that, you're gonna bring the camera and you're gonna turn it on the movie mode and make a movie. I don't have to do that because this thing is going to be covered by the press like nobody else's business. Yeah, but they always – I know I've seen this. You know, this reminds me, by the way, if I'm going to have my last gripe of the day. Oh, hold on a second. Ah, shit. Where is uh, – I'm sorry, John. I, I was a little – You don't strange. have the clip. I okay. There you go. So uh, I have the notes downstairs, unfortunately, so I don't have them uh, handy. Okay. <laughs> and that was it. Great, John. Thanks. Loved it. Maybe I'll bring it up on the Sunday show with no, the exact on, details. It, but here's the deal. So I'm watching the Miss Universe uh, thing, the, the Donald Trump show. Oh, geez. Miss Did Universe. I miss it again? Ah, oh, crap. It, it was the worst produced thing ever. Uh, the cameras were jerky, and they were all over the place, and they were doing stuff that was from the 70s, the way they were handling the shots. And they never showed a girl's butt, by the way. Oh, bad. They would have, very bad. They would have the girl walking out in a, in a bathing suit. I swear to God, anyone go find a tape of this, they'll see the same thing. The girl comes out walking out in a bathing suit. They got a front shot of her coming out, bang, da ding da ding Then she <laughs> flips a turnaround, and then they, boom, they cut to a shot of her legs. No ass as, shots, as she huh? walks back. No, and a side shot of her legs. A side shot of her legs walking back, and then they, boom, they make another cut to her flipping back around, and, and it's kind of now it's a, kind of a head so and shoulder shot. So are you shot. sure it just wasn't really really bad direction? They just missed it every single time? No, it was every single time, exact same sequence. Mm. And I realized they weren't showing the girl. So you never got to see if the girl had a big, you know, I mean, you're going to look at the caboose, right? I mean, these girls are walking back. You want to see if they got big flabby buns or whatever you want to look yeah, at. It's if, an essential if part. It's an essential part of the whole deal. Of the of the swimsuit thing for sure, so you don't know. Ah. Well, anyway, but they had it had the same exact phenomenon that people have to be aware of with these, which I think are rigged, and I don't think that you have to do any more rigging than the following simple act. You have to always remember that the last thing in a series of events or a, or any sort of series, the last thing is always given the highest ratings, the highest numbers. It's just the way it is. People always hold back, hold back, and then they let their, their numbers go up at the end. So if you have 10 girls come out, and if they were all exactly the same person in some way or proven to be the same in some, you know, you could do a double-blind study, which you can't, the last girl will always get the highest score, one of the last two. They'll always get the highest score, and the girls at the beginning always get the lowest score so in this instance we had a beautiful girl that came that was the number two in the sequence from iceland she was gorgeous and she, she, I, she was saw, broke but she was gorgeous sorry oh she, yeah, was right. broke. she was broke yeah i don't see this girl wasn't broke i can assure you uh but i get the joke <laughs> but anyway so uh I, as soon as I saw the first you know, three or four, I said, these girls can't win because they're at the beginning of the sequence. And so this is just bogus. And this poor girl from Iceland who is r- really pretty, you know, she was eliminated rather quickly. And then, uh, at, but then near the end, the last three, well, I figure are going to be one of those three is going to be the winner. And they always put Miss USA as 
not last, but always second to last in most of these competitions because that'll keep her in. And she was a kind of a perky. She was a good looking. Yeah, woman, of course, but, because the longer you watch these these women, you know, the more turned on you get. I mean, that, that that's obvious. You know. You, so anyway, so they cut right. So they, so the Miss USA comes out second to last, and then the last one who comes out is Miss, who I thought was one of the prettiest women in terms of just being elegant looking, was Miss Venezuela. There's mm-hmm. probably about five that were knockouts, and I was when they're getting to the last of them, I said, and then the last one of the. 15 is, and I said, why? I can't believe they're not going to put Miss Venezuela up there. Boom, Miss Venezuela, the last one. Who do you think won the competition? Uh, Miss Venezuela? Absolutely. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. So, John, I would like to thank you for proving my theory that uh, we spent uh, 10 times much more uh, time actually complaining about the uh, Miss Universe competition than we did about rigged voting machines for the presidential elections. I appreciate it. I really appreciate <laughs> <You're welcome>. that. <laughs> I try to keep the show topical. <laughs> about Iceland, by the way, I just wanted to uh, mention one thing. Remember that uh, the Ice Icelandski Bank went uh, belly up, and most it was an internet, like an online bank that uh, had billions of uh, of well, euros, kroner, whatever, whatever they use, dollars, whatever they're using. A lot of the money from the UK and the Netherlands. And the money uh, was from the UK. A lot of it was council money. So municipalities who would invest their money because they had some outrageous rate, like eight or nine percent, some, you know, something really high. And um, so the governments jumped in when the bank went belly up. They returned. Uh, a third of the money to the Dutch and UK investors. And now they have kind of like a fait accompli that they have given uh, Iceland saying, okay, you've got to repay this money back within, I think it's like 10 years or whatever. If not, you won't get any support from the IMF, which of course the country desperately needs, even though it's like 300,000 people who live there. The amount of money they have to pay back is 80% of their entire uh, gross national product. <laughs> per year, per year, per year, per year. So there's oh. no way, there's no way they can ever pay it back. You know, it's the super never never. So they're, they're getting completely squeezed, and of course, the three hundred thousand inhabitants are up in arms. They're like, you know, shit, no. You know, why can't? Why do we have to pay for it? Why do the people have to pay for this crappy ass bank? Who, by the way, was. Advised through the consultancy of, amongst others, Peter Orzag, who is in charge of the government of the United States' budget. Good work, Peter. Yeah, way to go, dude. Rocking. Well, you know, maybe there's a reason for it. Now, we wanted to bankrupt Iceland. If, <laughs> if you want, you know, your- they got some terrific wool in Iceland. By the way, anybody who goes to Iceland, you know, if you're t- taking a trip to Europe, if you can take a stop over in Reykjavik, like a couple hours, the airport wool store. It's probably the best in the country. I was going to transition into saying, if you want your money well taken care of, consider a donation to this program. Because look at, you know, you might, you might spend 50 bucks on wool in Iceland, which would probably cost you a lot more because you got to get there. You got to get a hotel to stay overnight. Or you could just donate some money to this show and maybe get a third show a week out of it. But, you know, like I'd quit my day job and just do this all the time. I'd bring back daily source code if we could actually make a living out of this. I enjoy it so much. You do. I really do. It's the highlight of my week. Twice a week. I love it, John. I well, love you. I love people you, should go to noagenda or noagendashow.com or divorce.org slash NA. I'll get the buttons fixed today and I'll add some other stuff on there and we can. Uh, and actually, it's really good some- you know, for, for, the, for your kids. If you want to teach your kids about economics, 
Then besides, of course, allowing them to listen to this show, and lots of educators are doing this now. We get emails from professors and high school teachers all the time who are turning their kids on to this very show, and we highly appreciate it. But teach them the magic of layaway, something that existed when I was a kid. You wanted that bike. You wanted that those the pair of jeans. You wanted the dress, and you went to the store and you said, hey, man, could I really have that? They put it away on layaway for you, and every week you'd bring your money, and you'd, you know, you'd save it up and then after like 10 weeks then you'd actually you would get you would get the product and it was very exciting it was it was a fantastic reward and you felt really good about yourself of course we're like stealing money from all over the place to pay off the layaway but still it teaches your kid something so why not teach your kid how to become a no agenda night through our layaway program which is only 50 bucks a month and before you know it your kid will have a piece of petrified wood with the label moon rock <laughs> petrified. The of pet. We got to find a source of petrified wood. That should be easy, man. I, I think there's some in my backyard. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I think you should look between your legs. Where's the, oh, rim, where's, the, where's, the where's the rim where's shot? The rim where's shot? the rim shot when I need it? <laughs> All right. So uh, no agenda. We'll start a little bit later on Sunday. Uh, but it should be. I should have some interesting stories to tell. About yeah. About what? About what? What's uh, the tease? I'll have interesting stories to tell. That's enough tease right there, my friend. That's it. That's it. Hmm. We're More, talking about lionfish for sure. Yes, and petrified wood. Coming to you from the 17th Century Canal House Crackpot Command Center, located in the heart of Gitmo Nation East in Amsterdam. I'm Adam Curry. And looking at the noagendashow.com and dvorak.org slash na, as you should all do later, uh, I'm in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda.